Well, 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 and hello, and how do you do? Hi, I'm Frank Murphy. You're watching Mountain Fun Life on Facebook Live. You're listening to Morning in the Mountains on your favorite podcast app, including your Amazon Echo, when you ask you-know-who, she who shall not be named, to listen to the Morning in the Mountains podcast. She, it, they, you-know-who, uh, can pull it up from the Apple Podcasts, because we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on iHeartRadio Podcasts, we're on The Things, and right now, I'm also on Facebook Live this Thursday, May 7th, it's one eighteen in the afternoon as I'm recording this, and my apologies for those of you who've been hanging around waiting <laughs> for this to happen, because uh, we had a lovely day today over at Parrot Mountain in Pigeon Forge, right next door to Dollywood, so what I'll do is... We, of course, want you all to um, to participate and um, check in and comment on this recording of a live show. And then I'll be able to use that for fodder for those who are listening to the recorded show after the fact. Uh, but if you can uh, put a comment on, say you're here, that makes us super-duper happy here on Mountain Fun Life. So let's see. Uh, not tag friends. I'm doing add location. Check in at Mountain Fun Life, which is guiding your adventure. That's our whole point, is we're here to um, inform and entertain and kind of talk about things in and around the Smoky Mountains. Although this, I think the reason that they gave me the uh, After Show podcast was simply because I kept running my mouth in the... Uh, <laughs> I'm absolutely positive that, you know, I kept talking so darned much in the um, the regular show. I have a show with Kira Cup. It's Frank and Kira. We do Thursday mornings. We come on about 10 o'clock. And when uh, Charlene Powell is here, thank you, and Renee Peckham. Hey, uh, Hannah, sound is barely audible. Oh, thank you, Renee. Thank you for telling me that. Uh, so we'll have, uh, we'll have Hannah take a look. Did I do mess with the microphone or did I, I'm seeing the green light here, but it could be, if you could check it, or I guess I could check it on my own phone. Hey, uh, Hannah, sound <laughs> is barely audible. Well, maybe it's okay oh, now. Thank you, Renee. Thank you for telling me that. That sounds okay. All right. Well, thank you. I'm on delay. I just forgot that I'm on delay and I actually can use my own phone to listen to my own. Check it. I guess I could check it on my own phone. <laughs> Yeah, isn't that funny? I could be in this infinite loop of saying something and then listening to myself say it and then saying something and listening to myself say it. It could go on forever. So it might have just been the uh, the opening uh, musical montage there. Um, Renee, I think I got it fixed. So thank you so much for uh, bringing that to my attention. That's super helpful because it's a cooperative show. It's a cooperative venture. That's the cool thing. You know, a lot of times when you do a podcast, and I've done a few, you don't know until after it's over that uh, the mic didn't work. <laughs> or you don't know until after you've posted it. Uh, my friend Bean did this one time. He posted a podcast and he ran it through some processing software. And every time he took a breath, it amplified that to the point where it sounded like he was dying of emphysema. And he's never smoked a day in his life. So that was funny. And Bean uh, will listen probably to this podcast because he listened to a previous one. He's got a show in England on a radio station that plays podcasts. Isn't that odd? Like... I would work at a radio station, I have worked at radio stations, where we'd play music, songs. And here I am doing a show where, uh, uh, Bean's got a show where he plays other people's podcasts <laughs> as if they were the recordings, because that's how it works. So, uh, speaking of music, and speaking of being maybe on a radio where you play music, earlier today, I was tagged on one of those 
Facebook things. And you know what I'm talking about, where they say, I challenge so-and-so, and this is a guy named John Rosner, who works at a music publishing company in Los Angeles. He tagged me to, uh, or nominated me, I guess, I'm real so honored for the nomination, to suggest 15 songs that influenced me in my life, I guess. You've seen this. Rich Haley had to do it with albums. He had to come up with 10 albums. And I'm glad no one nominated me in the 10 album category because I was struggling. I could barely think of any. I thought of a Monty Python album that influenced me as a kid. There was a Groucho Marx album. I know that sounds ridiculous, but Groucho Marx died when I was a kid. I mean, I remember I was delivering newspapers and it had on there that Groucho Marx had died in the, I was, what is, I don't know, maybe it was, I was, it must have been a teenager, maybe. But I always loved those old timey movies. I would stay up late and watch reruns of Marx Brothers movies and watch things like uh, You Bet Your Life. So I was, would buy, as a kid, I would buy these albums by these old timey comedians like Groucho Marx Live at Lincoln Center or wherever he was. And it was a very influential record. I would, I was absorbed by it. I would, listen to Woody Allen and Bill Cosby comedy records. And I say that at the risk of your ridicule. But I'll tell you that back in those days, we didn't know. We thought Woody Allen was funny, and we thought Bill Cosby was funny, and I would listen to their records. I would check them out of the library. And Woody Allen had this story about the moose costume at the Halloween party, and it's it's fantastic. It's a, it's one of the greatest one of the greatest Woody Allen bits of all time um, from the late... I guess, 60s. I mean, I didn't discover it until, you know, long after. I was, like, probably in the 70s, 80s by the time I discovered this record album of Woody Allen's, but it was amazing. And then another one that I liked was, like, Hello, Moda, Hello, Fada. And these were old ones, like, that were my dad's that I found in his record cabinet. So they're from, like, the time I was born or before. Well, anyway, getting back to the point, John Rosner, who um, I met when I worked out at K-Rock in Los Angeles, and he would uh, bring Wesley Willis to the radio station. He asked me and other friends to now put forth 15 singles, like 45 RPM singles, that I'm assuming I found influential, right, during the course of my life. So maybe you can help me out with that. Help me try to think of singles that might, you know, be worth mentioning in this little Facebook game, and I can, you know, impress my friends. Because the truth of the matter is, I was very late. Even though I, I've worked as a top 40 DJ, I've worked as a rock DJ, um, classic hits, oldies. I mean, I've worked multiple formats. I've not done country and not done sports talk, but I've done almost every other format. I worked at a hip-hop station. I really did. But not as a DJ, but I did work there. Anyhow, I didn't start listening to music until I was maybe a senior in high school. That's pretty late because I got a car. I had a car that had a radio, and I could listen to um, 66 WNBC and 77 WABC, which I think had gone pretty much all disco by then, because I specifically remember getting in the car at school, at high school, and driving all the way home, and it felt like it was so much further than three miles, because back in New York, it, there's, you don't have a, your sense of distance in New York is completely skewed. And uh, if Mary Teresa and my other Crestwood friends, this is true. You, uh, you know, going out to the Hamptons on Long Island before they were cool seemed like an eternity. It seemed like an all-day drive. It's 100 miles. You know, I mean, I, probably, I could knock that out today. I'll, I'll drive 100 miles today. 
<laughs> just getting to and from Pigeon Forge. Uh, so work three miles, high school three miles from the house seems so far away that it's drive. You know, I walked it once or twice, and oh my gosh. But it was a long, it felt like a long drive. Anyway, um, I got in the car, and there was a version of I Will Survive by Gloria Gaynor, I think, that came on on 77 WABC. And it was at the beginning of the song. I'm like, okay. Well, they played the extended disco remix for some reason, and it was still playing when I got home. That's how long of a song it was, and how, in hindsight, how short of a drive it was. So if you can suggest uh, Lisa Collins and Alicia Parham and Charlene Powell, whomever else, if you can suggest some songs maybe that I might, that might get me thinking of ones that I can put in this challenge. The first one that came to mind was a fifth of Beethoven, which again is a weird pick, but I always was fond of instrumental music and acapella music. Doesn't that seem weird that I have a, an affinity for instrumental music, which is instruments, no singing, and a cappella music, which is singing, no instruments. It's like one of these odd things about me, but it's just always been the case. I've always enjoyed listening to movie soundtracks. I mean, some of the albums I bought were like Jaws. You know, there's no singing on Jaws. Unless, I don't think anybody's singing. I think it's a tuba that goes dun dun right? dun 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 and then later in life, I would discover a cappella music from Rockapella, you know, from Carmen Sandiego, and got to go to many Rockapella concerts over the years, including at the old Troubadour. I think it's the first place I went to see them in Los Angeles or West Hollywood. And I mean, come on, I, Zombie Jamboree, and uh, they had so many great songs, mostly covers, though, of old songs. But Rockapella and other a cappella groups, the Blenders and so on, uh, I thought were just fantastic. And I also still, to this day, love instrumental music. Something about it, I just, it catches my imagination. Now, I hate to do this, but I, well, I may as well. I don't know if my wife will be watching or listening, or if anyone in the family will be listening, but I may as well throw my dear wife under the bus, because who else can I throw, right? You know, I mean, I'm here at Mountain Fun Life. I'm not going <laughs> to say anything bad about the people I work with. <laughs> <laughs> but get ready, Jerry, here it comes. When I am with my wife, she sings along with whatever is playing because she's an outstanding singer, and that's her thing. So if we're watching church on TV, as we have to nowadays in the age of COVID-19, she'll sing along with the cantor at Mass, and that's normal. You're supposed to. But if we're watching Aida on um, the Metropolitan Opera stream and Act two, scene two comes in, and my wife was in Aida with the Knoxville Opera, act two, scene two, the big uh, triumphant, triumphal scene, the the royal, the march, whatever it is, uh, and she'll sing, da, 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 I think is how it goes, something like that. Uh, she'll sing along with it. Okay, well, that, you know, I'll, I'll certainly excuse that. Or if one of the other huge choral works that she's done, Carmina Burana or... Uh, Oh, yay, Yalo's Sunrise Mass is a new piece that's beautiful. She'll sing along with all that stuff. But she'll also sing along with ABBA and pretty much anything, you know, because she's one of those people who knows all the words. <laughs> so ironically, I have a passion for her instrumental music. <laughs> all right, Charlene is helping me out in the comments. Thank you, Charlene. Charlie Pride, Kiss an Angel, Good Morning. So that was the song that meant something to you. You played it every morning 
Oh, your local radio played it every day at 5 a.m. What station was that? Where part of America started every day with Kiss and Angel Good Morning? Because that tells me something about that DJ right there. That, he's sending a message, I think, to someone whom he left in a warm bed. At, I'm assuming it's a he, uh, at home when he had to come into the radio station before sunrise to get to work. That's what it sounds like to me. But uh, you said Kiss an Angel Good Morning reminds me of other songs similarly titled, like wasn't there an Angel of the Morning that Juice Newton did and others? And for some reason, maybe it was the Charlie Pride part got me thinking of Charlie Dore and Pilot of the Airwaves. Pilot of the Airwaves, this is my request. Remember that one? It was like a one-hit wonder from the uh, early 80s. And I'll occasionally catch that on a rerun of the old Casey Kasem American Top 40. There's a whole internet channel uh, on iHeartRadio where they play nothing but Casey Kasem countdowns from the 70s and 80s in order, intact, so you can hear these terrible songs at number 37 and 30. <laughs> Six and 35. It's the worst. They're so bad. <laughs> and you're like, how did that song end up anyhow, anywhere, ever on the radio? And why am I hearing it now in the year 2020? So that, oh, Hillsville, Hillsville Virginia is Charlene Powell. So thank you. And uh, shout out to Hillsville and whatever radio station it was that you listened to there. If you remember the name and number, that would be amusing to me to, to get on there and say, you know, Good morning, you're listening to W-whatever, Hillsdale. <laughs> that would be fun. Anyway, uh, so I was talking about Pilot of the Airwaves by Charlie Dore. My friend Krisha always loved that song. I'd occasionally play it on the radio and I'd get a text immediately when uh, it would come on as the lost classic or whatever. But for some reason, that Charlie Dore song, I often get confused with another horrible song. <laughs> called I've Never Been to Me by Charlene. Anyone? Anyone? You know, she slept with kings and she's seen some things a woman's not supposed to see. How did that song get to be, I think, number one for a couple of weeks and then disappear? You notice how a lot of songs do that? They become number one and then they're gone. You never hear from them again because everyone wakes up. Okay, so Charlene says she listened to WHHV Hillsville, Virginia. Here's Charlie Pride and Angel of the Morning. Or Kiss an Angel, Good Morning. I guess I gotta try that over with a sip of water. <laughs> it's like Groundhog Day, right? When they start the, the show every morning <clears throat> with the exact same song. All right, so here we go. Let's try it again. <laughs> All right, you're listening to WHHV Hillsville. Here's Charlie Pride. Kiss an Angel, Good Morning. I hope that sounded authentic. <laughs> I'm also inspired a bit by Brad Lovett, who did his after show podcast at this microphone a week ago, and he was talking about his days as an oldies DJ at some some station called Q99, or 99Q, Q99. Anyway, so that's so those are some uh, ideas that I'm trying to come up with uh, of songs that meant something to me. I'm trying to remember the actual 45 RPMs that I bought. Because back in those days, you know, I would maybe take my bicycle to, uh, where did I go? Was it Corvettes? EJ Corvettes? Something like that? Or one of those places up in Scarsdale, New York. And they had a wall of uh, shelving with the 45 RPMs in them. But they were in numerical order by the charts. So whatever number one, the most popular song was in the number one slot shelf. And, two, and so on. So they rearrange 
the songs every week based on the top 40 chart. So I remember buying, I remember like the first ones I bought were, I was, were cheesy because I didn't listen to top 40 radio when I first, I listened to a talk station that my parents liked, WOR. And the reason I loved it was because Bob and Ray were on, but the guy in the morning would occasionally play songs as filler waiting for the news and he would play Watching Scotty Grow by Bobby Goldsboro and uh, Rose. I Never Promised You a Rose Garden by Lynn Anderson, songs like that. So I thought those were great because I didn't know any better. I'm missing out. You know, meanwhile, had I changed the station, I would have been hearing, I don't know, the Rolling Stones, the Beach Boys. I had no idea these bands existed yet. <laughs> Forget the Beatles. I, don't, I never heard the Beatles. I totally missed the Beatles. By the time I started listening to popular music, the Beatles were old news. <laughs> they had been broken up for nine years. So <laughs> I remember buying a Paul McCartney and Wings record. I think I bought uh, Silly Love Songs. That was my introduction to the Beatles. <laughs> That's an embarrassment, isn't it? Because I work at a station. Um, I've played Beatles in my life, in my career, but they don't hold any special memory to me. I didn't have an older brother. Um. I, I didn't have anybody in the family who liked or listened to or acknowledged the existence of the Beatles. So by the time I start listening to the radio, I think the hot new thing is village people. I'm all about YMCA and um, Don, oh, Donna Summer. That's who I got to put on my list. I, I listened to every Donna Summer song, and I loved them, uh, especially when they would play the, the mix of Hot Stuff and Bad Girls, or Bad Girls and Hot Stuff. They would run together like as if they were one song. Loved it. I liked Queen. I liked ELO. And um, then right around 79, 80, as I'm a senior in high school, that's when I got hooked on what we now would call the new wave sound. But back then it was not, it was Blondie, was technically a new wave-ish band. But the way they got on the charts was they, they put out a disco record Heart of Glass. So I, that was it. I'm done now. I'm listening now to uh, Brink and Belzer. So there was a DJ named Scotty Brink, and there was an actor-comedian who you would know from Law & Order named Richard Belzer. Well, he was a stand-up comedian, and they teamed him up with a radio DJ, so it was Brink and Belzer, and they would do some bit, some stupid bit every morning at the same time. That was right around the time that I needed to shower. So I would have a radio and bring in the bathroom and listen while I showered. And the, as the production bed, meaning the, the background music during their bit, their joke bit, Belzer would tell a joke. And it was usually pretty funny because, I mean, he's Belzer. But the music they play under it was Ooh, Shayubi, Ooh, Shayubi. And it was the uh, part of the song Shattered by the Rolling Stones. They would edit it. So it would just go Ooh, Shayubi over and over again. And I thought, oh, that's a really cool song. I wonder what band that is. <laughs> and that's how I discovered the Rolling Stones was from a loop of Ushayubi from the song Shattered, which is what not, if you were making a list of the greatest songs in the history of the Rolling Stones, where do you think Shattered would come in? Would it be in the top 10? No, no. Top 15? Probably not. Top 25? You know, I don't know, maybe, possibly, but I do love the Rolling Stones, and uh, 
have enjoyed a lot of their songs. So if you've got something that you want to chat about today, whether it be, I'm trying to come up with this list of 15 songs that I can post on Facebook to acknowledge that John Rosner has tagged me in it, uh, I could use the help. But that's kind of the era that I'm thinking about is um, 80s, 70s, 80s, you know, Rock Lobster by the B-52s. I enjoyed that. And then a lot of those other weird songs that uh, came down the pike in that era. All right. In the comments, in the description for uh, for today's video, I mentioned that I may or may not have uh, bird droppings on me. I, I can't tell by looking, but when we were at Parrot Mountain earlier today, we did the live show with uh, Frank and Kira, and I'm me being the Frank part. And one of the birds, well, multiple birds were crawling up and down my arms and on my, my pecking up my hair and on the shoulder. And I was just in the middle of, on some rant, I was, I was going on about, oh, isn't it cool, by the way, that, isn't it amazing that the birds don't poop, that they're, they're rewarded, they're trained, um, the ones that get a lot of media attention and stuff like that. If, they, when, if and when they poop on their gravel, they get a treat. So they've got an incentive to wait and poop there. And if they, want to, if they know they have to poop, they might indicate it to their trainer who puts them someplace safe, they poop, and then they, they get the treat. Well, then, um, so I'm talking about this, about how I remembered this from when they were here at the video studio at Mountain Fun Life. And, they all, and the guys, uh, Fletcher and Carson from Parrot Mountain, start laughing because apparently this bird has dropped one while he, she, I can't remember, it was he, I guess, because Dee Dee, I think, was a, is a man parrot, boy parrot, parrot cockatoo, was on this shoulder, on my left shoulder, and I guess had dropped one uh, down my back. Most of it landed on the chair right behind me. But what it means is that uh, this shirt is either, um, I don't know, I guess I could try washing it, but then I'll probably have to iron it. might be easier just to take it to Prestige and say, do your thing. So <laughs> Prestige is the name of a dry cleaners, but it's also the name of a movie about magic. And I thought of that yesterday when Frank Jr., my son, was uh, on the phone. And he was telling us which DVDs he swiped when he moved away because he was looking in his DVD drawer and maybe was thinking about maybe trading out <laughs> and exchanging some of the ones that he's had for the past 10 years with some different ones because he mentioned that he had The Prestige and Young Frankenstein and Blazing Saddles and Spaceballs and a lot of the good ones. So I may need to uh, borrow some of those back. So, Jerry, I was just talking about how Frank Jr. has uh, a bunch of our old DVDs. And I was also talking about how um, the bird may or may not have pooped on my shoulder. So I might have to have this. I definitely have to have the shirt cleaned. Either you think I can wash it or should I just have it dry cleaned? Because I don't, I don't mind. I mean, I like it. I like to have the, the collar to be crisp, you know, so I can either, you know, pay the two, what is it, two, three dollars and have it look the way I want or I got to spend an hour trying to figure out how to do it myself <laughs> on the ironing board. So it might be worth it to just go ahead and, and get her done. Plus, I'll be supporting local business, right? That's cool. Uh, and before this, Jerry, I was talking about, um, Jerry's my wife, by the way, about how you like to sing along with songs. So don't get mad at me. What you do, and how ironically I am a fan of instrumental music. <laughs> But there's a guy who challenged me to uh, come up with 15 singles, 45 RPM singles, and post them on Facebook the same way that other people have had to do the uh, the 10 albums. I have to, been challenged to do 
15 singles. So I thought of um, Fifth of Beethoven, maybe some you know old Blondie songs or Shattered by the Rolling Stones, other songs that were influential when I started listening to pop music um, at, in high school and college. But I don't know, maybe there'd be a few others that might pop into mind. I'll try to make a list and see if I can... Uh, first, I'll try to come up with 15. It'll be a struggle. And the next thing you know, I'll have 25 and I'll have to narrow the list down. Um, but anyway, back to Parrot Mountain. I was doing a little recap of the show there for those just joining us. Back to Parrot Mountain. The um, cockatoo was on my shoulder, Dee Dee the cockatoo. And Dee Dee went doo-doo, as we learned, uh, down my back. And uh, other than that, uh, we had a delightful exchange. <laughs> Being there at Parrot Mountain, they're open for business. Uh, a lot of the uh, employees are wearing either the plastic face guards or and the masks, depending on what their level of interaction is with the public. Um, because there was one part, oh, I left it in the car. Well, Kira will post a picture of it. They gave us, uh, the, they brought all these birds to to sit on our shoulders and everything, and then took a professional version of the picture. Um, I have one, but for some reason, my my something's wrong with the camera on my phone. Everything we shot today was super blurry. So um, I don't know. You can kind of see it here if I hold it up on the Facebook Live camera. That's Kira and me with a bunch of parrots and macaws and cockatoos and what have you over at uh, Parrot Mountain. So there you go. But I don't know, maybe I may have to just wash this. There might be something wrong with my the lens on my camera of the phone here because it seems like everything I did turned out blurry. But uh, those are the breaks, right? Well, anyway, um, potentially historic May snowstorm headed for the northeast U.S.? Sorry, I got carried away because I'm just trying to refresh the uh, the feed. I've lost what I've done with the, <laughs> the video and lost what I've done with the comments which I have to have scrolling on my phone in order for uh, for me to see what you're doing. Where are you? Is this you? Here. I think this is us. Yes. All right. There we are. Okay. So you are watching Mountain Fun Live on Facebook Live and listening to us on the podcasting apps, and we appreciate it when you like us, share us, and comment. Um, so those are the main things I've been up to. Uh, meanwhile, back around the house, it's been it's been too cold to go swimming. And I made a pledge uh, last week. I said, it's going to get hot enough last weekend, and it did, that I should go in the pool. Even though the water was, I turned out to be 65. So my plan, this genius plan of mine, was to go out and do yard work and get all hot and sweaty and gross. And then I think, oh, well, then I won't care how cold the water is because I'll be so hot and uncomfortable. It'll feel fine, even though... In hindsight, it just made the the cold even all the more shocking. When you you know you've worked up your own, um, when you feel hot because you've been out there shoveling and, I mean, I didn't do much. We moved one plant from this part of the garden or yard to that part, so that we can have that part mowed over and, and not be a garden anymore. I was like, well, we could just kill everything in there, or that one iris plant, we could try to save it, so we moved it. And then, you know, I pruned back some nasty weeds. And by the time I was done, I was sore and tired. And I thought, that's it. I'm getting my Big Joe, which is the name, brand name, I guess, of the cushion. This, I have this mattress-like cushion. It's the best pool float I've ever bought, really. 
and it was you know not wasn't cheap but it was it's worth it i've gotten my my money's worth out of it and i laid down on it in the pool and it was fine and it was cool cold and then i realized later i thought the water was in the 70s when i first got in because i was so overheated but it turns out the pool water was only 65 and now here we are in east tennessee faced with a freeze warning in the smoky mountains it'll be you know overnight low of 40 something tonight in east tennessee and then this is down in the warmer part, and then I should check my David Aldrich Captain Accurate Weather app. I think he said that it's going to be 30-something for the overnight low. Let's see. Here we go. Mountain Fun Life current location, 61 degrees, um, uh, overnight low 46, tomorrow's high 60. Tomorrow night, so this is Friday night going into Saturday morning. 30 degrees for the low. That's below freezing. He calls it Blackberry Winter. Then Saturday, 54. Saturday night, 35. Oh, come on. <sighs> Mother's Day. It's going to be, when you wake up, if you wake up early enough on Mother's Day, 35 degrees going to a high of 67. Really? Really? For Mother's Day? Well, I don't know. I guess it's just odd that we've got the, uh, the Blackberry Winter in the month of May? I don't know. <laughs> if I... I could make some jokes about these being signs of the apocalypse. <laughs> I'm worried. Maybe this is not a good time to joke about that. <laughs> that, you know, don't want don't to hit a little too close to home. <laughs> hmm. All right. So we're talking about all these different things, about the different songs that I have to nominate on this... Facebook challenge. I got to come up with some songs that I like, which, I mean, I like some songs, you know, but one of the things about me growing up is comedy was my music. I listened to comedy albums. In fact, one of the singles, one of the 45 RPM singles I might nominate in this challenge that I got from the, the record guy, John Rosner, is, do you remember Sister Mary Elephant? It was a comedy record put out by Cheech and Chong, but I went to a Catholic school, and that song, that was a hit. They played it on the radio. We all knew it by heart, you know. Uh, also, the old Steve Martin stuff. I used to um, be able to do one of his routines by memory when I was in high school. The one about, um, well, the one that ultimately leads into the excuse me, the whole setup that gets you to excuse me, which was the Steve Martin catchphrase. Started out with this whole bit about um, how to get a million, you know, how to be a millionaire and never pay taxes. First, get a million dollars. <laughs> so, um, and I was a huge comedy fan of Steve Martin. So when my other friends were going to see rock band XYZ, whatever, pick a band, in, at the Nassau Coliseum, for example, I was getting tickets to see Steve Martin at the Nassau Coliseum. I sat in the last row, and Steve Martin looked like this little tiny white speck on the stage and at some point we knew that he was putting the arrow through his head because we'd seen him do it on tv but they didn't have a jumbotron <laughs> i was talking it was one of the stupidest things i ever did to spend money to sit in the last row of the nassau coliseum up on the rafters to see a, a tiny little person in a white suit do a comedy routine that I pretty much already knew by heart because I owned the Wild and Crazy Guy album. 
Nevertheless, I was there and uh, was determined to sit closer the next time. So then I bought tickets to see him at the Garden State Arts Center, like that, in Holmdale, New Jersey. But I got much closer tickets and bought them much earlier and uh, have that memory of Steve Martin performing, too. So that's the kind of stuff I would go see. And I was really little. I made my parents take me to see Bob Hope, who was already pretty darn old. You know, Bob Hope was easily in his 70s. And I'm a kid. I'm, you know, 10. And I'm like, Mom and Dad, I need you to, 11, whatever. I think you want, you need you to take me to see Bob Hope. Because <laughs> I thought that was cool. In hindsight, it was. In hindsight, I'm really glad that I went. But this was my idea of the concerts that I wanted to go see. The celebrities that I wanted to go see were the, uh, the big t- comedians who were on television, you know. I would watch the Flip Wilson show because he was a comedian. And I would watch Geraldine. And I would watch all those shows. And even um, to this day, I watched the Jerry Seinfeld stand-up comedy special, which just came out on Netflix on Cinco de Mayo. And it's great. He starts off by doing his own stunt, jumping out of a helicopter into the Hudson River. And then they cut to him getting out and going into the theater and unzipping his wetsuit and having his jacket and tie on underneath. And that's what he said was the whole bit. He wanted to do that bit like in a spy movie. So then they thought, well, how am I going to do that? And that came up with this whole idea of, well, I need to jump in water. So he jumps out of a helicopter. And he really did it. He actually did the stunt twice. And at the end of the special, it's not a total spoiler, I think, if you watch the whole one-hour Jerry Seinfeld special, which is called 23 Hours to Kill. So it's a one-hour show, and then you got 23 Hours to Kill. And at the end of it, it shows him at an Olympic swimming pool training to do the jump. He's up on the 40-meter, is that right? No, uh, 10 meters, 40 feet, I guess. Uh, 10-meter diving platform, jumping in feet first into this pool so he can get used to the experience, you know, while he's wearing the wetsuit. And I'm I'm a huge Seinfeld fan, I guess. I mean, it's easy to say that. How tough is it to say you're a huge Seinfeld fan? But... You know, I've been to see him live in person at the Knoxville Civic Auditorium. And even when I lived out in uh, in Los Angeles, in Burbank, twice I went to tapings of the TV series Seinfeld. And by that point, it was a tough ticket. Thankfully, I knew somebody who knew somebody who worked at Castle Rock, and I was able to get in on the guest list. In fact, in one of the shows, I'm sitting next to George Shapiro, and you may say, who's that? How would you know? And how would I know who George Shapiro was, except that I'm a big Seinfeld fan? And he, heard, he enjoyed my laughing so much, he gave me his script, which is packed away in a box somewhere. I have no idea where it is. But if you watch an episode of Seinfeld called The Jimmy, and this is, I think, one of the best of, of Seinfeld episodes, and not just because I was there, but... It's the one where uh, Kramer is getting dental work from Brian Cranston. Remember Brian Cranston from Breaking Bad and Malcolm in the Middle? Well, before that, he was the dentist on Seinfeld. And um, so Kramer's loaded up with Novocaine, and Mel Torme is involved doing a benefit for people with special needs, and Kramer gets mistaken for a special needs student. Uh, Meanwhile, George and is irritated at a guy at the gym who refers to himself in the third person as the Jimmy. Well, 
this whole episode. I, I, I'm, I can visualize the whole thing because I was there. I was there that night in Studio City when they recorded it. Well, I had made arrangements through this lady named Gail who was worked at Castle Rock to get – I guess I was in the VIP seating because I'm next to George Shapiro, so I must have been in VIP seating. Well, that puts you right directly under the microphone, one of the many microphones, the microphone that records the laughter for the studio audience. So when I am watching that episode of Seinfeld called The Jimmy, I can hear myself laughing. I know it's me. I can pick myself out. I mean, everyone's laughing. There's 200 people laughing. But I know which one is me. And it still brings me joy thinking about <laughs> Mel Torme and Brian Cranston and all of the guest stars in that episode and just the craziness of that episode. And you thought, they're not going to go there. That's because that's the thing about Seinfeld is they push the envelope much the same way that Larry David does with Curb Your Enthusiasm. They pushed it. And you think, that's really awful. How can you make fun? How can you have Kramer mistaken for a special needs person and then receiving an award? Oh, it's, it's really it's – I mean, it's poor taste, but that's what makes it comedy. You know, comedy is – somebody gets offended usually more often than not. I mean, Mel Brooks describes comedy in terms of um, – you know, a piano drops on you, that's comedy. I stub my toe, it's a tragedy. <laughs> that's one of the great ways that Mel, Bo- Mel Brooks describes comedy. So, um, yeah, that's, that's part, of the, part of the fun of it. Anyway, so I was influenced by comedy more so than by music as a kid. And that's why I'm a little bit struggling trying to think of these 15 songs that I could put on Facebook to say that they were the ones that I guess – affected me somehow. I guess I should really read the uh, the post from John Rosner and see if I can figure out what exactly it is that these songs would require. What is it? Do they have to bring back a certain memory? Do I have to think, oh, I remember where I was when I heard that song. I remember what I was doing. Or I can almost remember what song was playing when I wrecked my car because <laughs> I've hated that song ever since. <laughs> I'm not going to put that one on the list. <laughs> that, that would make sense to not put that one on the list. You know, try to find happy memories of of things like that. Oh, boy. So that's what we're talking about today. And uh, also, I want to put another plug in for the reason I'm wearing a Hawaiian shirt today. I put it on because we did a live broadcast on Mountain Fun Life from Parrot Mountain. And this is something you'll be able to watch on Roku and YouTube and also, of course, on Facebook. So if you're watching on Facebook at the moment, you can easily click over to Mountain Fun Life and uh, watch a replay of the show we did this morning with Fletcher and Carson from Parrot Mountain. And we had birds crawling all over us. And we got a nice, good, uh, in-depth tour of, um, you know, we did the show at a desk or a table and then through to these videos that were uh, recorded yesterday with Fletcher taking us around to show us birds it's only $20 to get in there, and you see, I mean, there's so many birds. It's unbelievable how many birds there are, and they're all uh, people-friendly. I mean, most of them, a lot of them are former pets that people can't keep, so they donate them. They will them even, and then they die to Parrot Mountain because the bird's going to live to be 100, and you're dead, so somebody's got to take care of your bird, so you, you will it to uh, Parrot Mountain. In fact, Kira, now Jerry, my wife might, might want to hear this, Kira said, well, Frank, you should get a bird. I'm like, why would I get a bird? Because uh, you have to, I mean, I like visiting the birds, but I don't want to have to clean up after a bird. She said, you should get one of these birds that will live for a long time because you said the reason you don't want to get a dog is because the dog will die. 
Well, yeah. I mean, it just seems like a lot of work for a pet that's eventually going to die. So <laughs> I just irritated every dog lover out there. I didn't mean to. I just meant that I, um, <sighs> I, I, I mean, I'm not a pet person. I'm not, I, I love animals. They're nice. But you know what I really enjoy is sitting out in the backyard and watching the wild animals. I love the hawk that lives in our backyard. I love watching them. I think it's fascinating. Even the irritating birds in our backyard. I find them fascinating. The cardinals are my faves. I love seeing those guys darting around. Um, they're good. We've got a lot of birds in our backyard. And I also have salamanders. I love my little salamander friends. And I've got these lizards, these blue-tailed lizards that live in and around the rocks in my backyard. And I, I mean, I spend enough time out there that they are not afraid of me, I guess, or they come out, or I'm not close enough to them and I know where to look for them. So I see the salamanders. Mostly I fish the salamanders out of the swimming pool because they're going to die from the chlorine. So I'm trying to save them by getting them out. But I've got a lot of pictures of these little, um, they're black salamanders with yellow polka dots on them, and they're beautiful. But I am always saving them because they end up in the swimming pool, especially after it rains. And the, um, a lot of, I have a lot of frogs and toads in the backyard. Not as many as I used to because they used to try to mate on the swimming pool cover. The swimming pool cover would fill with rainwater, and they would think it's an actual pond, and they would lay all their eggs in there, and they would be a bazillion tadpoles. And my son and I would try to scoop out the tadpoles and and bring them over to um, our friend Nancy had a little koi pond, and I didn't realize I probably was just feeding the koi, but I think some of the tadpoles survived and uh, became frog frogs. Well, now that a couple of generations of those have gone on, uh, they don't come back to mate at my place anymore. They they found a new place. But I had a lot of frogs and toads. And they're still, um, at night you hear them, they'll, they'll sit on the uh, the ladder, the chrome ladder, trying to find a mate at this, what they think is a lake. It's a cement pond. And the bats, I enjoy the bats in my backyard. They come out at dusk and swoop down to take a drink out of the swimming pool, which I guess is mildly gross. But... Um, or, they're, or, or maybe they're just eating mosquitoes. They swoop down, and they eat up a lot of mosquitoes in the backyard. So I like the bats. I don't touch the bats. I don't interact with the bats. Uh, one time, though, I, I did find one that was injured, and it was uh, I might have fallen into the pool, and he's like on top of the water going, I'm a bat. I'm not supposed to be here. But I saved him and put him in a safe spot, and eventually he got away somehow. So those are just some of the critters. I, those are my pets, as far as I'm concerned. The turtles, the toads, the, the bats, the hawks, the lizards, the, the salamanders. Those are my friends. Those are my pets that I have. And I don't have to do a thing. They feed themselves. They take care of their own dead. <laughs> well, except for the ones that die in the pool and I throw them over the fence. <laughs> but it happens. You know, most of the animals that die in the pool are moles and mice. Uh, you catch those once in a while, but I've had a rabbit and a squirrel, sorry to admit, uh, in time. Nothing's compared to my friend uh, Rich Haley. I think he had an actual cow die in his pool. I think, right? I'll have to ask him about it next time I see him. I know a cow fell in his pool, and I think I think it died. That would be terrible. I think he moved. Get it? Moved. Uh, I think he <laughs> moved to a new, a new house. Because <laughs> why would you want to live in the, the cow palace. I don't know. Anyway, 
so I think we're about, about done with this insanity. I've come up with really no songs for the list yet. Um, uh, maybe a, all a Blondie song. I'll put a Blondie song on there. I'll put Fifth of Beethoven on there. Um, I mean, I could put an ABBA song on there, but it would be cheating because I didn't know any ABBA songs other than the only ABBA songs I knew were Fernando and Dancing Queen, and I didn't really like either of them. But I missed out on the earlier good ABBA because uh, I wasn't listening to Top 40 Radio yet at that point. So later, when Mamma Mia came out, I became an ABBA fan. How could you not be an ABBA fan? ABBA's fantastic. But um, that would be kind of cheating. I guess that could represent, you know, the, the 2000s. It would be weird to have an ABBA song represent my interest in music in the 2000s. But, eh, you know, I'm trying to decide if I should pick 15 records that I owned, that I had the 45 RPMs, or just ones that I was excited about hearing on the radio. So those are all fun things. What we're going to do is uh, go ahead and uh, wrap the show. It's been a fun 45 minutes with you here on Mountain Fun Life and on all the different podcasting apps. You can subscribe to the Morning in the Mountains podcast and hear not only this show, but the uh, Monday through Friday TV shows, the audio from those, as well as the after show podcast that all the other hosts do. On Tuesdays, it's Santa and Mrs. Claus. On Wednesdays, it's Jim Johnson and James Gilly. On Thursdays, it's Frank Murphy and Kira Cup. And then on Fridays, it's Rich Haley doing Sports in the Smokies, and we all have our after show podcast as well. So thanks so much for watching on Facebook Live. Thanks so much for listening after the fact. A shout out to my friend Bean Gene Baxter out in England who has his all podcast radio show and has uh, has been listening to the, the podcast here when I send him the link. So thanks a lot for all. Thanks again for all that. This is Mountain Fun Life. I'm Frank Murphy, and I'll talk to you again next Thursday. <laughs>